I have a very, I'm very aware of my strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. as an athlete. And I know, I know what, 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 where I can excel and where I can't. So playing, so coming to the rugby field and building my, my IQ for the game and just figuring out how I can assert myself and how I can make an impact. I've, I've kind of figured out like what type of player I am. Like I, I feel like I feel like the best player that emulates like me is Sonny Bill Williams. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, "What is this child on?" It looks like it was a. Heavy. Yeah. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, "Oh, you're um, you're here for the movie." That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. And he looked at me and he says, "You guys are awesome." <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift, Gift Time Ebelu, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities that they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Y'all, hey, look, I'm going to apologize to you. It's been crazy, you know? This is uh, the preparation to get into marriage, uh, to, to do a wedding is always a crazy one. I don't think anybody can ever deny that, but... Uh, man, it takes it to another level whenever you're doing it across two countries in two different continents, uh, let alone uh, just doing it in your own area. So uh, it's making getting the podcast done and getting guests together a little bit more of a difficult process for now. But don't worry. Don't worry. It will come back together. I will not leave you abandoned from the information that you need to have to know these amazing people that are doing great things within this rugby sphere. And guys, uh, we got a great one for you today. I got a great one for you today. I don't know who we is. We, you know, the producer, the host, the editor, you know, all that, all, all that good stuff. But before I mention who it is that we have coming in, please, I want you to please take your time. Please subscribe to this on YouTube. Please check this out or on uh, uh, the podcast itself on Apple, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon iHeartMedia, just wherever it is that you typically listen to your, uh, you know, streaming service, Facebook now, apparently, you know, wherever it is that you listen to that, that is where it needs to go. Like you need to, you need to, 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 to listen to it and please throw some comments and reviews on there. Absolutely subscribe and follow. And of course, of course, share this with your friends. Share it with your friends and the family. If you guys aren't listening to the current episode, take them down to past ones. Listen to some of these great people and what they're doing, what you can add and be able to help and be part of that community because we got an amazing rugby community happening here. I'm telling you, it's some amazing people to talk to. And uh, as things get more and more relevant, whether it's PR7s or whether we got now the All Blacks game coming up this week or, see, I'm dating myself, so let you guys know. But <laughs> whether it is HSBC 7's uh, tournaments or RAN tournaments or whatever it is that's going on within the rugby verse, man, we're going to try and make sure to bring in the people that add context and stories and not just stats and play-by-plays in any sense of the way. Because, yo, the more you get to know the people, the better the sport gets. I'm telling you, this is the best reality show that hasn't been watched as often as, as others. So we, we want to mark that up. But as far as what who we have for today, we got a really special guest. Uh, I guess you guys know I am an HBCU rugby uh, enthusiast, enthusiast, love to be able to see it. By the way, shout out to Howard Women and Howard Men for doing their thing and Howard Women getting their first two wins back-to-back in their inaugural two games against John Hopkins and Towson. Uh, shout out to Kirill Guthrie with uh, uh, the, 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 her foundation and Catherine Aversinu, Aversanu uh, coaching for the, the women over there. And big shout out to the men. Tito and um getting it out, getting started for their their season and everything like that. So we got some great 
there's some great things happening within HBCU rugby on uh, as we get closer and closer to the HBCU rugby classic. Look out for the announcement on the dates. It's coming incredibly soon. It's just been delayed because of life. <laughs> but we have uh I'm coming back down Prairie View AM's uh Malik Johnson. Actually, let me correct it. The founder, one of the co-founders of Prairie View AM Rugby, uh, the second ever rugby club in the USA, it's the second ever HBCU rugby club in the USA, and uh, first one uh, in Texas, and uh, probably, I would argue, maybe the most active and largest one at this point. I think Howard is trying to come for their money, but um, we got a chance to talk with him. Uh, get more of the backstory of how this program got started and what's been going on. It was a very interesting conversation. Enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, yo, I appreciate Malik for reaching out and, and being like, yo, let me tell the side. Because, you know, we've been adding the Prairie View A&M people. And uh, we're continuing to add all the HBCU. If there's an HBCU rugby program, they're going to be on this. They're going to be on Grow Rugby. All right? We're going to get the story on Grow Rugby. So, uh, one way or another, we're going to go make that happen. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. But in the meantime, guys, if you are interested in getting a new website, getting uh, a e-commerce store, and you guys know if you've been watching me online, I've been really pushing e-commerce and putting some stuff together for that. You guys want to go and utilize Green Geeks. It is the premier web hosting server. It is better than GoDaddy. It kicks Bluehost butt, in my opinion. It takes out and anything that you can pick up from uh, your your typical uh, uh, run of the mill host. Green Geeks offers multiple options to be able to not just build your website, but also to be able to promote and to be able to create the best communication styles. For me, I use it for every single one of my sites, and I have not regretted one bit of it. And you guys can get it for. Almost 60% off for your first year if you guys use the link down below in the descriptions. And you guys, you will not regret You can bring on as many sites as you want, unlimited. And you guys are only going to be paying probably about 6 to $7 per month um, to be able to get it on uh, for this first year. And you will not regret it one bit. You can even purchase your first domain name through them or use somebody else. But... Green Geeks, absolutely recommend that you use it. And of course, of course, guys, don't forget to go check out Rugby Outlet Mall. I know we've been talking about the switchover about to happen and the switchover is about to happen. Black Friday is going to be coming up very, very soon. Guys, you want to get your presents for Christmas, hook up your family, represent, take it down. Yo, check out some of our Icona Rugby gear. Check out the HBCU Rugby representation. And, of course, you know, just cook it up from top to bottom, making sure that you got the dopest gear that's going to be here uh, when it comes to rugby rep and community love. Continuing to always want to be able to develop and grow the game and include you in whatever it is that lets you be able to rep who you are more and more. So definitely check out Rugby Outlet Mall and use promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X Rugby for 20% off uh, all HBCU and Gift Time Rugby gear. That includes Icono Rugby stuff. So guys, I hope you have a great one. Now I'm not going to hold it off any longer. I'm going to listen and check out the awesome Malik Johnson, Prairie View AM co-founder. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Timey Bailu, and we got a V I incredible P. <laughs> All up in here, coming straight out from Prairie View AM. And we're, we're, we're finally going to get this story. We've, we've been working on this for the last couple of years, but we're going to get the story. How did Prairie View AM Rugby, the, the second developed rugby program in the country, the well the current champions, current attending um, HBCU Rugby Classic uh, 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 participants, because uh, we kind of had a little off. But you know what? All that comes to say that we got HBCU Rugby continuing to rise high and going. Malik Johnson on here. Malik, man, thank you so much for coming through, bro. 
I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Man, well, look, dude, uh, you know, I, I have to say, whenever it's been with this process, you know, Prairie View A&M particularly is very near and dear, particularly the rugby program is very near and dear to me. Uh, between them and Morehouse, uh, the HBCU Rugby Classic wouldn't exist. So uh, I've been uh, trying to make sure that I can be an advocate and be able to help wherever I can to see that program develop. And I love what the guys have been doing uh, with Rico, who I got to meet first, and then seeing what Craig Dawson is able to do with the program. But, you know, with every program, you know, you got to get the beginning. You got to see it, how it all started. And, yo, brother, it sounds like you were the one that uh, was 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 – at the at the head of this situation, well, I I, I definitely did the bulk of the work at establishing the infrastructure. There was definitely more that you know I, I wish I could have done, but um, the fact that the fact that you know we I I was able to get us into a conference and get us established to where we were official. Um, that that kind of that kind of was pretty much all me my freshman year. Yo, I love that. I love it. it sounds so much like uh um like uh Rashad uh, uh Rashad out of uh North Carolina A&T. So uh, I I'm excited for this. But before we get started with Prairie View A&M, I kind of always say, you know, and and you you said you've heard this, so you're going to hear the same thing. Every superhero has an origin story. So I want to so, be able to make sure you know you know you know what it is. Malik, brother. How did you get mm-hmm. started with rugby? With rugby, that's that's a crazy story in itself. Okay, so <laughs> right, uh, so so my 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 senior year, my my senior year of high school, um, I was I was playing I was playing football as as most you know r- rugby transfers in America come from. They come from a football origin. Mine was uh, the same. Um, I I had worked hard to get recruiters for uh for myself. I was going to the Nike Combine and everything like that. What was your position? Um, running back and linebacker. Nice. Um right there. And I was yeah, yeah, I was trying to focus I was trying to focus on getting recruited as linebacker and hopefully switch to running back once I got to college. Um I had gotten emails and calls to my mother from Air Force Academy Academy. Nice. And um my senior year, I kind of got through under the bus. We uh, lost our first games, like something like forty some to seven to six or sixty some to seven, something like really bad. And yeah, it was it was it was a throwaway game, and the coaches knew that we were going to lose, but they needed somebody to pin it on. And I kind of ended up being the fall guy, the only person that ended up losing their position, and I got benched for the whole season my senior year. Um, and the the rec- recruiters stopped calling and everything, and you know that kind of just like ruin my ruin my you know my athletic career as far as football was concerned hmm. um and i was working at buffalo wild wings at the time uh you know while i was still a senior i'd already quit the football team and uh two women from the dallas harley quinn's team uh the 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 women's club the yeah. division one women's club they had came in looking for somebody else and, you know, me being the curious guy I am, I started asking questions. Well, what's rugby? What's this and that? Da, 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 da. And, you know, they kind of laced me up on it. Wait, and, are you um, based out of da- – are you from Dallas originally or – I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, but my family moved to the Dallas area when I was uh, a teenager. Gotcha, gotcha. So I spent I spent my – I spent a little bit of middle school and, and my high school in Dallas. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so she – so – they kind of laced me up on the, on the game of rugby and, and they were telling me to come out and play for the Dallas Harlequins. And I was thinking about it, but at the time, you know, I was 18, uh, still in high school, still didn't know anything. And I listened to my boss and he was like, nah, colleges don't want to look at rugby highlights. You need to go play semi-pro football because that's, that's going to, that's going to do better for you. <laughs> that was, just, that was the stupid decision. I should have just went straight to rugby. And so, when I got on when I got on campus, uh, that's when we ended up starting the starting the rugby program. Uh, that's that's when we got we got everything got the ball rolling, and uh, we knew that 2014 was going to be our first inaugural season. Right. And so I wanted to I wanted to go ahead and 
you know, like learn as much as I can. And so literally that next summer after my freshman year of college, I uh, went back to Dallas for uh, for su- summer vacation and I committed to I committed to playing with the Dallas Harlequins for the whole summer. And, and that's like that was my first time, like actually playing organized rugby. Um, and I got to learn from a lot of great coaches, uh, the coach for the U20 squad for the national team for the United States. He coached, he was, he was coaching. He still actually does coach for the Dallas Harlequins and he, and he was coaching that year for set for sevens. Mm -hmm. And so I got to learn a lot under him and and I was very blessed to, uh, get that opportunity. Yo, so you backtrack a little bit. So whenever you said that you went on campus and you guys wanted to uh, create a a rugby program, who was we? So like, because even at that, like, what, who were the people that were, were were starting it? Was it just one person? Was it a few of you? How how did you guys figure that? Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the exact the, the exact story of how of how Prairie Rugby started, and this is mm-hmm. just this is where it really happened, mm-hmm. right? So. I'm a fresh. I'm a freshman. I'm in the freshman dorms with another, with another guy named AJ. Okay. Me and him, we both wanted to try out for the football team, but we knew we needed like a year to really get ourselves conditioned and get ourselves ready for, divi- for Division One football because Prairie View is Division One. They're Division One Double A. Right. So we had. So we we were take we were taking the time working out doing all this and that. And then uh, there was there was a guy. His name is John Riley. And he he was talking about, you know, ha- having a rugby club on campus but needing numbers and all, and all this and that. And so, you know, at, we thought that the rugby team was already established. We just needed guys. And right. me me I I was basically at the time just in, in charge in charge of recruiting. So I recruited thir- like somewhere near thirty people. And um. So we had 30 people coming out to these practices that John was supposed to be teaching us how to play rugby and we're supposed to be learning the fundamentals of the game. Uh, and then and then we were supposed to go play who we thought who we thought was supposed to be uh, Houston. And we all got up, got up on a Saturday early in the morning, like five, six o'clock in the morning, just for John to tell us that the game was canceled. Oh, wow. And, and so after that, People were like, "Well, we we've been doing all this work and going on going all this hard, just 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 for our game to get canceled." All right, whatever. Went to another went to another another practice another week. We were supposed to play like UNT or somebody. Yeah. Saturday we get up early. That game gets canceled. So after that, we lose a whole bunch of people, and we're trying to figure it out. So I had to recruit more people. And then we, and then I'll never forget this. It was, it was, we were supposed to play LSU. John told us we were playing LSU. Got up early in the morning. That game got canceled. Lost another 30 people. So I recruited 30 people twice and lost 30 people twice. Yeah. And we're trying to figure, we're trying to figure this out. AJ, the other guy, he's, he's sitting up here, t- he's sitting up here telling me, like, yo, bro, like, Something's kind of something's kind of weird because I'm texting, I'm texting these, I'm texting, I text LSU and they said they didn't even know that we they were supposed to have a game with us, and I, and I was like, huh, okay, um, and so I I kind of I kind of I kind of never minded it. It is what it is. We were supposed to play Houston, University of Houston. They're forty minutes right. down the road. Right. That seems that seems legit. Right. Another game gets canceled. I go to a I go to a base I go to a baseball game with Prairie View, or no it was, it was a softball game a Prairie View softball game and there's eight University of Houston rugby guys there at the softball game and I said yo what happened like y'all were supposed to play us in rugby it was like they said Prairie View rugby has Prairie View has a rugby team <laughs> and at that point it was just like okay what's going on you right. feel what I'm saying like. I'm I'm going. I go up on the on the official USA Rugby website. We're not listed anywhere. There's nothing. There's not. There's not. There's nothing of us anywhere. I go to the. I go to the campus. I'm I'm talking. I'm talking to the people that organize that that run the organize the clubs and organizations. They don't know anything about us either. Um, we didn't. We didn't. I 
we basically had to start from the ground up and learn all the information. And we kind of, me and AJ, us two freshmen, AJ was like a sophomore, junior at the time. We're two freshmen. We're just like, you know what? We don't know what, we don't know what's going on, but this, this ain't it. And this just seems unorganized. We're just gonna have to do this ourselves. Right. And so AJ ended up getting us in touch in getting getting us in touch with uh the Woodlands Rugby Club. And that's when we had our first rugby game. It was it was just a scrimmage. We lost. It is what right. it is. But, but I we, mean you we, guys finally got some play time. Yeah, we finally got some play. And so after the game, I started chopping it up with, you know, the uh the coaches and the other players as you know as i as i'm trying to do i'm trying to network and understand rugby better because you know this is my first time doing anything like doing anything like this and i i I meet uh our future coach his name was brian key um wonderful dude great soul great human being um and he and like he basically taught me everything i know about about this about you know the fundamentals of the game and and me and helping me finding out who I am as a player. Right. Um, and he got me in touch with um, the, the, the head guy, Shane, who runs the INSCRO, the, the national small college rugby organization. Right. He, he got time. me, in t- he, yeah, he got me in touch with Shane. And so uh, that, that's, that's basically where we, where we got into a conference. I had to in- I had to go back and actually do all the paperwork to to get us all registered as far as the schools the school standpoint school standpoint. I did all of that on my own. And then um AJ was supposed to come with me on the the committee meeting in order for us to get in, inaugurated into the conference, but you know, he got drunk and was partying with chicks chicks the night before. So, he just kind of like stayed back home and it was me and uh it was it was me and uh, Brian Key, we we drove out to uh, St. Edwards University, and uh, we got voted in, and the rest was history at that point. So, what for for you guys? Like, what was that initial process when you're, you're talking about like recruiting sixty people? Like, that's that's quite a bit. Um, early, I mean, just early on, especially within the black community, especially in 2014 is not exactly the the heaviest knowledgeable when it comes to rugby. Or if it is knowledgeable, it, a lot of people tend to be like, uh, yo, you're crazy. You're hitting without pads. So for you, like, what what was the process that got you to, I guess, get them onto, Dude. onto the pitch? Dude, it, 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 it's funny because I was told so many times while, like, building Prairie View Rugby that it was never going to happen. Right. Like, like the, the, the thing about it is the way, the way that our fresh, our freshman dorms are set up, we have a lounge area that everyone's in and, you know, like everyone kind of, everyone kind of knew me, you know, I wasn't like the most well-liked, well-liked guy, but everyone kind of knew me and, and everyone thought I th- thought that I was just the guy that says, that says crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, when, when I'm talking about rugby to a lot of, and I had a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes, a lot of Division One athletes in my um, in, in in my in my uh, in my dorm. So a lot of them were just like, "What is what rugby? Like, no way, it's never gonna happen." Da, 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 da. I've had I've had to I've had to go through a lot of people talking about you know the, the without pads and all that. I've I've went through all of that, right? Um, but when you when you do your research. Right. And you figure and you and you have a better understanding of rugby. You're able to explain to pe- explain to people, you know, certain things like you feel what I'm saying. The fact that the contact is different. Right. And as I as I got along and the more I talked to people and the more I, you know, you know, got got comfortable trying to recruit, the more I was able to say, hey, you're less likely to get injured in rugby than you are in football because, you know, it's wrap up tackle. It's not kill shots. It's not right. leading with your head. So, and, and then bring, bring up the fact that the New Zealand, all blacks were flew out to, you know, Seattle when they were during their Legion of boom era to teach the defense, how to go into contact and how to tackle. And the fact that they didn't really have too many injuries in their reign. It's, it, it was an easy translation. 
for somebody from the from that comes from the football lane to digest. Right. Yo, okay. That makes perfect sense. I, I love that. Like, you know, it, it's always been a like I said, it's always been an interesting process of being able to explain to people that uh I guess basically to kind of fight the 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 mythos of rugby on trying to see like, yo, like it's yes, it's a tough sport. People are tough. Yes, we get it, but it's also like not reckless. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it's not blood sport, even though, I mean, sometimes it can get bloody, but it's not blood sport the way that people have it right. in their mind, you know? Right. So, uh, no, I love that for you. Like whenever you guys, when you were setting it up for you though, um, as a person who, who had initial aspirations as a, uh, a college athlete, especially if you're getting looked at by air force and their wing T offense, you know, uh, what was, what was the space that you felt like rugby was able to, I guess, kind of fill in that element for you? Well, my the thing about it was the thing about it was for me as far as just like high school, I never had like grand like ideas of like becoming like an NFL player. Mm-hmm. I I always my whole dream was to be a college athlete. You know what I'm saying? Play for a division, play for a Division One college, and be one of the guys. Go out, party, enjoy my time, make some plays on Saturday. You feel what I'm saying? Get some girls, you know, right. it's like the the stuff the stuff that college. I wanted the college athlete experience. experience. I wanted to be able to experience that Division One college athlete life. Um, and what I will say is, what I will say is, even though I couldn't. I, I'll never be able to cons- call myself a Division One athlete. I did a lot of the things because of rugby that I said that I wanted to do. Right. I've gotten girls because I've gotten girls because of rugby. I've made plays and 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 made and a lot of even though a lot of them didn't get recorded. I've I've made a lot of I made a lot of great plays and did a, and did a lot of great things on the field. Um, and I have a highlight tape on YouTube that's like 4,000 views strong. So, you know, like I I, I will say that as, as far, as far as just like accomplishments goes uh, with my college career with rugby. Yeah. Like I, I can't, I can't be mad at it because I left it all out there and I did the best that I could. Um, I I could, I I do feel like, you know, there was more that I could have accomplished, but you know, I'm, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at where I'm at. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Happy to hear that. So, so you're in your freshman year. You you're starting to play rugby. Your family has. Are you? Is your family knowing about the rugby life early on, or uh, was it one of those where you're just kind of like, "Yo, I'm living the college life right now. If they need to know, they need to know." Well, my family, uh, my fam, I, my family knew that I I started the rugby team team mm-hmm. and. They knew the history behind it, it being like the, the first HBCU in the state of Texas and the second worldwide. Yeah. And so, you know, my family is kind of – my family's kind of bougie, you know, so it's kind of <laughs> like – so it's kind of like they're like they're like all about like a, a, achievements and accolades. So, you know, me doing that was kind of just like, oh, there's something to brag about. Yeah. But like – after my after my freshman year, my after my freshman year was it, I I really struggled I really struggled with because like doing building the the infrastructure that was Prairie View Rugby and building that took a lot of time and so my grades really suffered so after my freshman year like my mom didn't even want me going to Prairie View oh wow you know what I'm saying so I it I, like basically my whole time like I'm finally. I'm finally now as a, as at 26 have a year and a half left in school. Mm-hmm. Like I've had to, I've had to basically do like everything on my own after my freshman year. Cause they kind of, I kind of became the black sheep because I didn't like hold up to the standards academically that they, that they expect that they expected me to. Yeah. So, um, but so like the it, it was kind of a, it was kind of a double edged sword. Like when I when I first created it, everyone was just like yay. But after after my freshman year, and I had to kind of get that grind back back into being able to uh, 
be in good academic standing, you know, they were, they, everybody just wanted me to just like not go to Prairie View anymore. Like go to, go to a community college, then transfer somewhere else and try to start again or whatever. So that's just what it was. Is, 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 does your family have like a legacy with Prairie View A&M? Was was there a specific reason why you chose it or because TSU is like right near you, right? Not, 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 it, it wasn't a legacy. My mother went there, my mother went there, um, after uh, my mother went, my mother went to Prairie View like back in the nineties, like right yeah. before she had me, and then she, and then she, uh, she left after like a year or two because of because financial aid was screwing her over, right? Um, and so that's really that was really my only tie to Prairie View. I I um, the reason why I stayed at Prairie View was because I just. I kind of looked at it like, oh well, it's my life, so I want to yeah. do things differently. My mother didn't. My mother quit. My mother quit it, but I'm I'm the type of person like, I want to finish what I start. Facts. So you know, and and you know, I, and I, I've I've done really good in my life about like not repeat not repeating some of my parents' mistakes. Of course, I've repeated just like every kid, I've repeated some of them, but <laughs> you know. I've, I, I've I've also done good about you know not repeating some of my mother's mother's mistakes, and I think that I think that her not finishing at Prairie View was a mistake. Yeah, it's such a great school, and um for all for all the for all the BS that you go through, um I, I'm I'm I don't regret continuing my education there. And, nice. Um yeah, I just kind of I've just kind of kept it going. Yo, I love that. You know, I, I always say, you know, one of the things, the, the reasons that we do so, especially once you get into the university level, um, which is why I've never been an advocate of the anti-university movement, though I understand the cost uh, advocation of the cost, people's issue with costs. I, I understand that. But there's an element that comes with it, when, especially when you're young, 18, 19, 20, when you're in that mid, that middle developing adult stage where having that social that social uh, uh, transition point uh, can help in more ways than just what it is for the um, the academic side, but it helps for uh, personal development and the characteristic development and being able to test things that you might not even be able to do typically in uh, in a real world setting. It's a little bit more protected, but it's freer than what you would have had in high school, you know? Correct. Most definitely. So for you, whenever you're doing this program, um, how long did you get a chance to be, play with them? Uh, with Area View A and M, uh, with the rugby team itself. Um, well, let's see. Officially, four years. I, okay. That you get you get five years of eligibility. So technically, I still have a, another year of eligibility left. But I'm I'm not I'm not finna stress myself playing with that club anymore. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of stress. A lot of headache. But but. Yeah, I played. I played four years. I played uh, 2014, um, 2015. We were a, we were a, we went on a playoff run, right? And unfortunately, unfortunately, lost in the first round. Um, 2017 and 2018. Okay, so we basically got the consecutive the consecutive four years off of that. So yeah. for you in that moment, because this is the time that you, outside of what you did with uh, Dallas, the Dallas uh, Harlequins, uh, with the Dallas Rugby Club, I guess technically, but um, mm-hmm. no, no, Dallas Harlequins, Dallas Harlequins, you, you're getting pretty consistent play time with that. For you, mm-hmm. what was one of the advantages? Uh, obviously, you spoke about you know being able to kind of get a little bit of that D1 athlete life uh, socially, mm-hmm. but whenever you were on the field, what was one of the things that you were finding out, maybe about yourself? as you continued playing with the playing the sport and then developing with the club? Um, I, well, the thing about the thing about it is even before playing rugby, I have a very, I'm very aware of my strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. as an athlete. And I know, I know what, 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 where I can excel and where I can't. So, so coming to the rugby field and building my my IQ for the game and just figuring out how I can assert myself and how I can make an impact I, I kind of figured out like what type of player I am like I 
I feel like I feel like the best player that emulates like me is Sonny Bill Williams. I love I love his I love his ferocity on both attack and defense, and um, I love his offload ability. And that's just like my biggest thing that I that I work on is my offload ability. Right. And uh, I, I I attribute I attribute that just to you know practicing passing like I. I, I practice passing. I pass to myself all the yeah. time, and so uh, I would say I would say that that's like over the years of playing. That's been that's been kind of just like what I'm what I've been learning is my identity as a player, and and the things that I the things that I can do well, and the things that I can work on, and the, and what what my peak and what my ceiling is. Right. Because I because I definitely I definitely want to be um, realistic about my about my expectations. Right. I definitely think that I definitely think that especially with M- the MLR, I think that it's very possible for me to uh, to make it there. I don't think that I'm going to be a star doing it, right. but I definitely think that I can uh, be a be a, a a decent inside center for somebody, and you know, be a great facilitator and a hard runner. And, um, I've had to, I've had to learn, I've had to learn that through a lot of trial and error, uh, and a lot of, a lot of practice that I, that I, that I attribute a lot to my time outside of Prairie View rugby and more towards, uh, being able to play with the Harley Quinns at a, at a step, at a level up with better coaching. And I've also played for the uh, New York rugby club for, Mm -hmm. for, for, for a time and I've learned I learned a lot there um and now playing with the playing with the Houston Athletic Rugby Club being able to play you know a step up and then go back to Prairie View where the competition is not is not as advanced it really it really helps being able to you know, do certain do certain things that you ne- wouldn't necessarily be able to do at the next level up, or you have to, or you have to work harder just to be able to. Right. So is is a lot of this was it um kind of this process a lot of self discovery because it seems like there's a lot that you have uh, a bit attached when it comes to what your time was with Prairie View, both as a university student and as a rugby player. Like, how much of that kind of pieced together, like? your own personal characteristics in your, in, in its development? Well, well, I mean, I, I would say that I would say definitely part of it was a lot of self-discovery because like I said, um, after my, after my freshman year, I, my, I kind of got cut off from, from my family. So I had to learn a lot about myself because yeah. I was, that was like, I, I had been, I had been on, on my own before that. Like I've been on my own basically since 17, mm-hmm. but that was the first time that after my freshman year, that was the first time that I could significant that I could definitely significantly say that I I did not have any family that I could just really rely on, and I had to rely on myself. So a a lot of a lot of you know pl- a lot of playing with the uh, playing with Prairie View Rugby and playing with other other teams and interacting with other people, you know. It it really it really helped it really helped me have a better understanding of myself versus versus other people because like I said earlier I'm not a I I'm, I'm very self aware I know that I'm not the most li- likable person I'm a very blunt person yeah. for sure so and and I and I get straight to the point I don't sugarcoat things and you know that that to some people to some people can be very off putting and mm-hmm. it's not like I mean anything by it you know with, right with with it's not. It's not that I mean to mean to insult anybody, but you feel what I'm saying. Like, you you say that you say things in a certain way. Like, hey, you know, the way the way that the way that you're passing, you're not supposed to pass that way. You're supposed to pass like this. And you know, some people, so, so you, somebody might take it as, well, who the fuck are you to tell me that? Right. You know. So, um, I've had to, I've had to learn a lot about communication and 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 work on my communication skills and that's that's what rugby has allowed me to do is learn a lot about myself a lot about how how i how i uh how i'm perceived and how i can 
um, better display who I really am as a person. Right. Because I because I I really do enjoy the game. Right. And I it really I really want I really want more African Americans to fo- to follow the game of rugby and find a new avenue because we have all of these guys that want to be basketball players, all these guys that want to be football players and there's so many of them only 1% of them get the opportunity. This is another lane, another opportunity for right. young athletes to be able to try to get to. And I've been trying my best to kind of be that figure of just like, um, uh, of, of promotion, promotion and development of, of African-American rugby. Oh, I love that. You know, and I, I obviously, you know, for me, that's, it's something that I, I think is particularly one. And I, I know in this day and age, especially when you have things like, what we've seen with uh, uh, the Premier Sevens that just happened and uh, what you're getting with the MLR. And you're starting to see a little element of it develop now into the national team. Um, but you uh, more and more uh, uh, insertion of uh, ethnic ability, uh, ethnic cultures, ethnic people, uh, black, brown, whoever being added in. And especially within the black community, being able to see the opportunities, not from just a field standpoint, from but from as from you know uh, opportunity standpoint that rugby has been able to provide in that way. So I, there's always that effort that I, I love being able to see with that. But um, at the same time, it's like there's still so much of uh, the personal attributes of the sport that still have to get overcome in some of its old history uh, that work to continue to build in like culture into the sport, yeah. you know, like continue to bring culture into rugby as opposed to just having rugby culture envelop whatever culture that you are, you know, does that make sense? Well, well I mean, it, it's like, it's like my, my new captain on, on, on Hark, Houston athletic rugby club. Yeah. It's like, it's like he, he, me and him were chopping it up this past Tuesday. And he was telling me about like how, how rugby, how rugby is over, over in England and great Britain versus, you know, here in America. Right. And he was just, he was just telling me like, he was just telling me like rugby, rugby in its, in its, in its purest form historically is a, a, pro, a private school sport. Right. Very like, that's Exactly. And so, you know, what its origins are from these private, these private prep prep school, white boys out in out in England you feel what I'm saying and and right. like first of all like we know how private private school guys out, out here in out here in America just just like I've been I've been to private school so I know I know how how some some of those guys act right and and then, and then you gotta you gotta think the culture difference of being in Great Britain and you know they're very they're a very sarcastic they're a very sarcastic and very snark, snark very humor. dry in their humor. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, like, they say that rugby is a gentleman's sport, right? And, and now here we are, here we are in America, and you know, the thing about the thing about Americans in sports, whereas it's different than overseas, we're very competitive. Of course, very competitive, very very shit talking, very right. you know. Very, very extroverted. Like ru- the thing about the thing of the difference between like rug rugby and most sports is like, like you have you have guys that you want to root for. Right. Like you have guys you want to root for in rugby, but they're not. But they're very bland ver- versus a basketball player who's very outspoken and socially conscious, or a football player who's very outspoken and socially conscious. And you know, it's it starting. It's starting to get to that point, especially with a lot of a lot of the black athletes in America, which I feel like is great for the sport because it, it makes people want to watch. And let's right. just be honest, you know, the, the, the black American athlete is the best athlete in America. Hmm. It's, it's stati- statistically, if we want right. to just go by statistics, you know, black, black athletes here in America are the best athletes here in America. So what, what better to build the foundation of rugby here in America than the black athlete? You know, and I think that there's accuracy to that, but it even goes back again to like what what inspires, and that I think that's also kind of one of the reasons why I always say it, it's important to recognize both opportunity and athleticism. 
uh, less Correct. you find yourself being uh, presented as another sport. And I, the, the worst thing would be, well, not that it hasn't already presented in a lot of ways, uh, is to be another sport that is driven by um, overly, I'm not an anti-capitalist, but overly capitalistic white uh, men who have a single vision of just uh, utilizing the athleticism and disassociating the person. Like we can make Mm -hmm. the accusation for many other sports and making sure that we actually acknowledge the legitimacy of what rugby is, which is an athletic sport, but that has such a global reach that you have additional opportunities that can actually range out from that. So uh, I think Mm -hmm. that's actually the real power that actually works within the black community that you can still do, you can do the athletics and that stands out. And obviously that's, that's one of the biggest key components, better at better, better presentation on the field makes for better attraction, but also that you're capable of doing things uh, off the field. That's still an association, whether it's something from a media, whether it's statistical, whether it is, is language, whether it's political, whether it's geographical, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's a range and ability to pop in there. But um, well, I would, I would, I would say that I would, I would personally say that because of, because of the global reach of rugby, I, I don't think I don't think it's ever gonna just totally be like completely capital. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they tried to do with uh, what was that? What was the uh, the 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 rugby uh, league rugby that league? they had before M- MLR? Oh yeah, the uh, oh, well the the pro rugby or are you talking about yeah. the um, uh, the one that was out of Minnesota? Um, I think I think before. it was pro rugby. I think yeah. it was called pro, rugby. but but. That's you see you see how that they tried to run that more capitalistic and it, and yeah. it flopped and it because rugby is so much like soccer and just the culture I I, just, I truly believe that it's it's never it's never going to be completely capitalistic just because there's even even at the club level there's so much global reach. You, you you could be at you you could be at the club level playing with a dude that's from Scotland, right? Playing with a dude that's from Australia, you know. There's there's so much there's so much there's so much uh, there's so much cultural integration in in the sport of rugby just at the lower lower levels that I think that that because we're we're getting to a point here in the ML in MLR where you can only have so many you know foreign players on one team. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna it's still gonna it's still gonna be be very very uh what's the, what's the word it's still it's still gonna be very cult- culturally sensitive and, and and culturally accepting. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a hope and goal. I, I I don't know if I fully I fully agree with that in, in the sense mm-hmm. that it hasn't. I, to be honest with you, I think it's actually a lot more uh, now. I just don't think it's. Um, I don't think the the invest the the returns have at least from a financial level have proven itself to be, but I think this is a global issue. I could go into the to geopolitical uh, geopolitical rugby element for days because there's there's so much that goes in it. But one thing I will say is true, and I, that I agree with you fully: the impact of the lower the grassroots levels of rugby impact far greater than the grassroots um, elements of other sport, other major sports. And I have, so I I think that's where you see the most implementation of specific culture, whether from country to country. And that's when you get to see that kind of uh, amalgamation into what we want as a global rugby, whether it's rugby union or league, though I prefer union, but rugby union or league, either or. I just say, give it time. I say, give it another decade. I feel like I feel like I feel like in another decade, especially with the MLR and and how the it's crazy how it works. Once America gets its attention on something, it always oh. blows whatever right. it is. Right. I true. I truly feel like with the rise with the rise of MLR, with the rise of high school rugby and youth rugby being being better developed here in America, and with the the rise of of clubs being better developed and and college rugby being developed i feel like in the next decade we're going to we're going to start seeing the 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 um the profit the profit of it 
both from a financial standpoint and from a from an economical and and from a from a uh, from a fan standpoint, I, I believe it's I believe it's going to grow. I, I get, mark my words, ten years. That that one I do agree with. I I think the more that they we realize that it's an entertainment product, uh, and the more that we treat it like an entertainment product, but we also it's going to be a, a more a still a more amalgamated version where it still has the amateur. It's almost I feel like it's almost going to be very college football esque without it being um, uh, limited to what. Well, I mean, depending on what part of the world. I mean, for us. Texas, Louisiana, college football is life. But like, if we're right. going like the Northeast or something like that, then you know, to where they consider it as it's a lower version, and it, it, it's going to find that middle ground. I agree on that one. Um, kind of, kind of top some things off because I kind of wanted to finish some things out with Prairie View because I did, I do like the the direction for you. Um, you did your four years. Are you still work, doing stuff with Prairie View A and M? Because uh, you kind of made some mentions that you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go back and do anything with that as you're working <laughs> with uh, Hark and stuff. Well, I well I still uh, because I'm trying to get uh, prepared for my season with Hark. They start in yeah. December, um, and I'm trying to get in the best shape po- the best shape that I can possible because nice. I want to I want to try to pursue pursue uh, a profession a professional stint after this year, right? Um, and so I'm, and so when I'm when when I'm not practicing at Hark, I'm practicing at Prairie View, nice. and you know, of course, of course, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up there and just you know practice and not you know put in the effort to help as somebody who knows who knows as much about the game as I as I do. Yeah, like if anybody if anybody has questions or if there's any or if, or if there's anything that. I feel like I could give to a player or the or the team. I'm gonna give that information. That's right. that's how I've always been. I've always if I see somebody passing wrong or if I see somebody kicking wrong, I go up to them and I say, "Hey, your form your form is off. This is this is what you need to do to fix it. Hey, your spacing your spacing is off. You got to be a little bit farther and you got to run 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 onto the ball in order to in order to catch the ball catch the ball." on pace so that you can have a better run this this that what just whatever whatever it might be um i I, sh- I share it and and i and i try to give as much uh as much knowledge as i can what? to anyone to anybody that's willing to listen to it and what i will say about this team that they have now is they're way more hungrier than the team that i had yeah, my, my team, I mean, my it's, it's a different stage, though. I mean, look yeah. at it. You guys have a women's team now, which is fantastic. You guys, well, we, you guys we, might all, not have been we always had a women's team, actually. So, okay, we well, you guys have an active women's team that is playing games now, right? Yeah, well, yeah, mean, that's that's the that's the because what after I after I had established the established the infrastructure of the men's team, I tried to establish the infrastructure for the women's team. Mm-hmm. Because I was trying to get to a point where we could get scholarships, and the only way that I could, the only way that I could do that is to build up the women's team because they were eligible to be a, to be an NCAA sport, right? So they were eligible like to Title get Title Nine and working with uh, exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so we had a we had a women's team for the for for a good minute. It's just we never had we never had enough to where they they could like. Play, play like consistent games. Yeah, and it, and it just took them a little a little bit longer to get the numbers. Yeah, but we but we we've had we had a women's team, we've had a women's team, uh, in in officially in a, in a, in the conference. Yeah, just as long as we've had, just as long as we've had maybe a year, maybe maybe if you want to say it, if we want to say technically it's a, we didn't have. Them in a conference until 2015. Yeah, we they still they still we had a women's team just as long as we had the men's. Nice. Well, I love what they've been able to do. I mean, look uh, again. I'll say, being the first women's HBCU team is uh, HBCU women's team is just in dope history. on its own. And being able to see them play was awesome, especially the competition that we put them against. Uh, you know, whether it was helpful or not, but you definitely watch them develop. 
over the course of the HBCU Rugby Classic. So I'm excited to see what they do, and especially now that Howard has their women's team up and active. I'd love to be able to see that uh, coming together uh, for the next HBCU Rugby Classic, and we are going to make that try and happen by any means necessary. So, I'm definitely excited. Definitely excited. Oh, um, you know, for you, like, um, when when it's now seeing what you started with with Prairie View A and M, uh, what is it that you feel is the future for the the school's program? The future for the school's program completely depends on them. Like I, like I said, they they are much more hungrier than um than uh the team that the team that I was on. I. Yeah. The team that I was on, we had a lot of dogs, a lot of athletes, but, you know, as a collective group, we didn't work that hard. Right. You know, like, I, I I, was the guy, I, me personally, I I was the guy that showed up 30 minutes before practice and did extra drills. But mm-hmm. not every, but not everybody practiced and had the work ethic that I, I necessarily had. Um, this new team that that's under Craig, I, I will say they are much – hungrier and and everyone and everyone wants to get better everyone wants to work hard um everyone wants to wants to you know learn something learn something new and bring something new new to the to their team nice. so i will i will say that i will say that their their the future of of prairie view rugby completely depends on on the leadership and the, their ability to continue to get better. Um, for the longest time, every, every, everyone has said both, both on the club level and on the college level that if, if we, if, if Prairie View rugby learns the fun, the everything fundamentally, their athleticism is, is good enough to beat any team that they play against. Word. They 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 have they have the potential to be, a, be to be a powerhouse. We Prairie View Rugby has always had the potential to be a powerhouse. I truly believe that under the right the right leadership and the right um the right grooming it could become a division 1 club and a and a prestigious club. So and it's it had it had the potential's there. It all depends on it all depends on them now. I my my time is my time with them, unfortunately, is is done. So there's only so much that I can, you know, do now. Right. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, so hopefully somebody comes across this interview that's on Prairie View Rugby that has big dreams and aspirations, and they can kind of pick pick up the torch where I left it, and you know, bring it to that. And who knows, it might happen in the next few years. But uh, definitely, the potential is there to be. It, to be a prestigious club for sure i love it i love it malik man i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and uh to tell the story and uh give a little bit more insight into the development of prairie view a&m uh obviously we want the hbcus to continue to grow it's this is the first second third of many that are still coming second of many and obviously we're seeing more and more grow each day so glad happy for the contribution and grateful for uh your time man most definitely thank you very much for having me out like i said i'm very appreciative y'all thank you so much malik i appreciate you taking the time appreciate you going through it and uh and telling the story because the story makes for history the history makes for connection and the connection always allows us to be able to grow and deepen out for the future so thank you and guys definitely check out some of our other uh podcast uh some of our other shows uh we had our two series of developing rugby uh part two and part one uh last time we've had some great one maria thomas of uh trinidad and tobago keisha ann downs uh vice president for jamaica rugby union uh tiffany faye uh we've had uh cody melfi both of them usa rugby uh both uh rugby world cup and the olympics uh just just some amazing amazing people just just so much naya tappers cheddar ambas uh ryan ginties uh um james brunson of the north philly nomads just an amazing subsect and group of people to be able to work and utilize off them so guys i hope you guys enjoy please i hope i hope you know 
that I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, cheers.